0: Well, good morning to you. It's good to see all of you here this morning. What a wonderful time to gather and worship and praising the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And when we meet here, it's not just a bunch of people coming together for a nice social event, but we're here as the body of Christ to come together to celebrate the greatness of our God. And we have an audience with Him in this place, and He comes with His presence, and He joins in with us, and we join in with the angels and declaring what is holy and what is right and communing These are not just songs that we sing, but we actually are joining in with the angels there in heaven as they praise and worship our God and how awesome he truly is. And so this is a beautiful time to gather here in this place as we lift up his name. I'm so honored uh, this morning to be able to share the word with you. Pastor Jason is, is here with us here this morning. And uh, so he's over here to the left, if you want to just wave at him rather than waving at the camera, he's actually over here this morning, and uh, he will be back next Sunday. And so we're going to uh, look forward to hearing him preach again and and share the word with us, and so um, just a blessing to have such a pastor as he, amen? Why don't you stand this morning, we're going to read Psalm 103, last week I shared out of this passage of Scripture, and we're going to go back to it again today. This is Psalm 103, starting in verse 1. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits, who forgives all of our sins, who heals all of our diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Let's pray. Father, this morning we come before you and we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your word that Lord not only gives us the ability to hear of your goodness, but Lord, to experience your goodness. I thank you, Lord, for these words that uh, you have pinned here And God, may it be said of us that we are a people that will bless the Lord. May we be a people that will lift up our hearts and our eyes and our ears and heads before you in declaring that, uh, God, you reign. May we be a people full of praise and worship. Lord, I ask this morning that you speak to our hearts here. You take simple words and do profound things in our midst. God, we give you all the praise and glory. We thank you for your goodness and we pray this in Jesus' name. And God's people said... Amen. Last week I preached out of this first passage of Scripture, and I encouraged you in this whole idea of blessing the Lord. To bless the Lord means to lift His name up high, to exalt Him, to honor Him, to revere Him, to praise Him. It's more than just a thought, but it's, it's the actual exercise of me expressing my love and my heart to Him to bless the Lord. It goes beyond my emotions, my feelings, my experiences that I walk in, but it's simply an instruction that the psalmist is writing here to say, bless the Lord. And I pointed this out last week, that he says, bless the Lord, O my soul. It's as if he is speaking to himself and encouraging himself to lift up the name of Jesus and to begin to proclaim and declare the goodness of our God. He writes here and gives instruction on how to do so, and he reminds us that We are not to forget His benefits. None of them. Forget none of His benefits. And surely the benefits that He has given to all of us is reason enough to praise His name for all eternity. And He lists those benefits there. There are five of them. He says that He forgives all of our sins and He heals our diseases. He redeems our life from the pit. He crowns us with His loving kindness, compassion. He satisfies our years with good things. Last week, I I took the first, and I I shared about that, about how important it was that we understand what it means that he would forgive us of our sins, and how powerful that is, that he would wash away our sins and remember them no more. Not a God who holds our faults and our failures against us. We're tormented often by the enemy who will come and want to replay and remind us of all the failures and shortcomings and and wants to place the shame and the guilt and and the heartache back upon us. And yet the God that we serve, because of his son Jesus Christ who died on the cross, and the blood that was shed has washed away my sins and he chooses to remember no more. That's good news, folks. This week, as we look at this same passage of Scripture, I want to focus on on two other areas. The fact that He heals all of our diseases, and that He redeems our life from the pit. In Genesis chapter 2, before the fall of men, there was no sin. There was no sickness. There was no bondage. Adam and Eve had the luxury of walking with God and communing with God. There were no effects of sin. There were no forms of sickness around. There were no bondages. They were truly walking on holy ground. Genesis chapter 3, we see the fall of man. Satan enters the picture and men give in to sin and fall and As a result, sin enters the earth, Satan's given authority to rule over the earth, and we still see the effects of it even today. The world is still under the influence of the fall of man. Sin abounds around us, sickness all around, bondage, horrific things taking place on this earth. Because of the fall of man and the fact that Satan has been given rule over the earth. Turn on the television, look around your neighborhood. It's easy to see the effects of a fallen world. But I want to say to you this morning that God is still God, and He's not changed one bit, and He's not stained with sin. There is no shortcoming in our God. There is no failure in our God. The God that we serve is great. He's holy. He's pure. He's magnificent. There is no failure in Him. He's all-powerful. He's divine. His very nature is that of purity and holiness and magnificence. We look around this world, we see failure and falling uh, in a fallen state, and yet God has not been affected at all. He is mighty, and He holds all things in His hands. He's a God that we can call upon, He's a God that we can trust, He's a God that we can look to. He has no failures, His very nature is perfect. The Bible says that He is the one who heals all our diseases. Exodus chapter 15. There's a passage of Scripture there that speaks of when the children of Israel were taken out of Egypt. Moses was leading them out. They were held captive and they were delivered by Moses. And He's taking them into the wilderness. And they've been walking quite some time. They, they'd gone through the Red Sea. They'd seen Pharaoh and his army destroyed and, and, and absolutely uh, they were set free, and as they walked through the wilderness, they came in need of water. They were thirsty. And they came to a brook and were expecting to drink from it and found that it was bitter. And they began to murmur and complain, and Moses cried out to God. God spoke to him and showed him a tree that was laying there. And he took, instructed him to take the tree and to throw it into the water. And so Moses did so, and the water was made sweet for drinking. And God spoke to Moses and he said, if you'll keep my statutes and honor my my law and commandments, and, and if you'll do these things, the diseases that I cast upon the Egyptians, I will not cast upon you or your people. And he goes on and he says, I will put none of those diseases which I put upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord, I am your healer. And it's from this passage of scripture that we gain the name Jehovah Rapha. He is healer. It is who He is. Names are significant in describing the nature of an individual. And and without question, our God is healer. He is the healer. Jehovah Rapha. He never changes. He's the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. He is God. There's not one disease that's too great for our God. Yeah. There's not one sin that His blood, Jesus, was sh- shed for that, that will not wash away that sin. This is God. The psalmist pins in this messianic psalm the fact that our sins are healed, are, are forgiven, and our diseases are healed. It points us to Jesus. It points us to the fact that Jesus came and he died on a cross. His blood was shed that you and I might have life. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5 says that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. This word save in the Greek is "soso" or "soso," sodo, I think is how you pronounce it. It's a word that speaks more of just simply the fact that He came and He died on a cross, that He saved me so that I could spend eternity with Him. But it speaks of healing, and it speaks of deliverance. Jesus came into the world to save man from sin, to save sinners. What He did changed everything. Throughout the Word, you see this in Scripture. In Isaiah chapter 33, verse 24, listen to what it says here. The prophet's writing, No longer will anyone live in Zion and say, I am ill, for the sins of those who dwell there will be forgiven. Isaiah 53, verse 4, I shared this with you last week. Surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried, yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted, but he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed our iniquities, the chastening for the well being fell upon him, and by him and by his stripes we are healed. First Peter, chapter 2, New Testament, verse 24 And he himself, Jesus, bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sin and live in righteousness, by whose wounds you were healed. What Jesus did on the crucifixion of the cross, and three days later, arising from the grave, absolutely defeated the works of Satan. I'm telling you this morning, we have much to rejoice about because what Jesus did on the cross was a complete work, all sins forgiven. For those that would call upon His name that would be saved, their sins washed away forever and ever. Amen. His body, bruised and beaten. And the scriptures say, by His stripes we are healed. I believe in healing. I believe that Jesus still heals. It's amazing, this body that God has made, no, maybe not this body. I wasn't trying to brag or anything. <laughs> Though I'm a grandfather now and I'm two or three inches taller because of it. <laughs> our physical bodies are amazing. There are things that happen in our bodies that only God can get credit for. I cut my finger. The blood begins to coagulate. begins to blot and clot up and, and there it goes and and a healing is taking place. He's the healer. I believe that he heals naturally. I believe that there are things that in my body I'll begin to get sick and, and God will just begin to work in my body and begin to restore and, re, and bring healing. And nobody even knows it. I don't even know it because of a healing God. He uses the medical field. I believe there was someone that, that Jesus hung out with, Dr. Luke physician. How many of you ever had to get stitches? Just raise your hand. That looks about just like all of us in here. How many of you ever broke a bone, had to get it? Yeah. How many of you are now healed? And, and, and can I just tell you, Jesus heals. And he even uses medical facilities and doctors and physicians. I'm not one of these that says, oh, he doesn't do that. No, he does. I'm grateful for the doctors and the medical field and the, those that are here laboring and, and, and being used by God to bring forth healing. If we didn't believe that, we wouldn't pray for somebody when they're in surgery. We wouldn't go and pray for them as they're, as they're laying there in the hospital, as they're being treated. So God uses the medical facilities and, 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 and community to bring forth healing. This morning, I also want to point out to you, though, that God does miracles. He does miraculous healings. And probably many of us in this room could give testimonies of the times that God has intervened where no man could, but God did. Where reports said one thing and God said another. Many of us in this room could give testimonies of we've seen the things that God has intervened in and where He just performed a miracle. And yet, there are things that sometimes I don't understand and see. I had a daughter that was born with a cataract on her eye, and they had to two weeks old. They went in and removed the lens, and and she wasn't able to see out of that. And we prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And I'd run these little tests to see if that she would respond, and there was no response. I had somebody tell me that it was because I didn't have the faith. Don't ever, don't ever tear anyone up that's suffering with foolishness such as that. I trust God. I know he's healer, I know he's Jehovah Rapha. He's God. Still praying for my daughter, 24 years old, still believing God. And it may be on the other side of eternity, I don't know, but she's gonna see clearly one day. Amen. I've prayed for people, my wife i told you the story before probably where I took her skiing, talked her into it. She didn't want to go. 17 years of working on this. I just wanted to ski down the slope with her one time. We're still waiting. (laughs) We were in the chair going up. Oh, babe, you're going to love this. This is going to be great. As we're coming off the chair... Her skis cross and she falls. They have to bring medics up, torn ACL, get her back to Texas. She still hates skiing because she doesn't know what it's like. I don't know if we'll get to experience it or not, but torn ACL without question, confirmation, MRI, reports, everything, pictures. Need to do surgery, going to do some repair work. We prayed, God, do a miracle. We're asking you for a miracle here, God. She's going into surgery. God, we're just asking for a miracle that you would astound the doctors. Just, just we're asking. We know that you're a healer. We just present her before you, God, and ask. Walked out of that prayer meeting that night, and she's still kind of limping along. It's okay. God, this is yours. We go to the surgeon the next day, perform the surgery. I'm in the waiting room, 15 minutes Into the surgery, he comes to the waiting room, and he's got this panicked look on his face. It is the right leg, right? I'm thinking, oh, my. (laughs) Yes. We can't get it to double. We can't get it to bend like it would if it were torn. We don't know what's going on, but we're going to continue with the surgery anyway. Oh, Father. Fifteen minutes later, he comes back, and he's got pictures. He says, I don't know what's going on. I've got pictures that show that it was torn, and now I've got pictures that show that it's perfectly well. I don't know what's going on. I'm astounded. I said, I can tell you what's going on. There's a God that we prayed to, and we prayed that you'd be astounded. He performed a miracle, and it was. She came out, and she's, I don't know, she's running marathons and half marathons and me all over the place. And and (laughs) then healed. He's the healer. He's the healer. Tesney Davis and I and a team, I don't know where she's at, but we were in, a, in Guatemala. We were praying for a team. and Oh, we were preaching the gospel and we were declaring the goodness of God and how He saves souls. And He heals people. And He sets people free. If anybody needs prayer, you, we just want to just declare that He's the Savior and that He'll, he'll heal you and deliver you and, and set you free and save your soul. And there were some people there that hated the message of the gospel that we were preaching. And there was a little boy that was there that could not hear, and they pushed him out in the center and said, well, if he heals, if he he, he really saves, if he really does all that, then let's see this. boy couldn't hear. Okay, Father. We laid hands on the little boy and began to pray. Instantly. He got his hearing back. I'm telling you, I don't understand God's ways, but I know this. He's Jehovah Rapha, and He is the healer. And sometimes we see it immediately, and sometimes it takes time, and sometimes we just hold it on and trust in the Lord, and it might be on the other side, but He is healer. I'm convinced of it. Without question, He's the healer. And what Jesus did on the cross was a true work, is a true work that we can hold on to. Oh my goodness. You begin to preach a message like this. People say, yeah, but what? Yeah, but what if? What if? What if he heals? Well, but what, what if he does? Either way, he's God. Paul writes in, in uh, Philippians chapter 1, verse 20. He's speaking about his walk, and he says, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have complete boldness, So that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. God's going to be exalted. He is God. I'm here to proclaim to you this morning, without question, He is healer. And I want to go as far as saying even this this morning. I believe that there are people in this room that God wants to heal before we leave this place this morning. And I want to be like Paul and say, let's be bold in the things of the Lord. And let's put it in His hands. No man can heal. God is healer. We can call upon His name and we can trust Him. We place it in His hands. We look to Him. He is the healer of all diseases. The second thing I want to point out this morning is this. It is He that is the Redeemer. In Psalm 103, verse 4, "...who redeems our lives from the pit." This word to redeem means to buy back something. The be- there's a beautiful picture that's painted for us in the book of Ruth where we see the kinsman redeemer, Boaz and how he purchases his wife and redeems her. It's a beautiful picture. We can go through the New Testament and we can look at the Greek words that are speaking of redemption and being redeemed and they too paint a beautiful picture. This morning I want to give you some scriptures to consider. The first one is found in Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. And they sang a new song saying, Worthy art thou to take the book and to break its seals, for thou wast slain and did redeem for God with thy blood. Men from every tribe and every tongue and people and nation. It speaks of a redeeming God. And this word in the Greek is... Agorazo. What this is speaking of is it's the image of someone going into a marketplace and buying and purchasing items. That's what it's referring to. In society all throughout this world there have been some awful atrocities that have taken place. Slavery is one of them. In these marketplaces, slave traders would come and bring those that were Bound by chain and enslaved, and they would bid people off. The highest bidder would get a slave and would go out and use the, the slave until felt no more needed, and then once again taken to the marketplace and the highest bidder. This is the picture that is painted there in the marketplace. They would do awful things to to those that were there to be purchased. They would grab them by the mouth and pull their mouths open to look and see what kind of dental work they had. Sometimes they would take them and beat them just to see if they would respond back and fight back. If the slave had too much fight, they wouldn't want them. But if they could just take a beating into bloodshed and bruising, then they would know that that's one they could take. It was awful. Awful. The picture here of redemption is that Jesus came to us. And we were on that auctioning block being auctioned off as slaves. We were covered in chains. And Jesus came and He undid those chains. He put those chains on Himself. And He was beaten and flogged. And out of Him, blood began to spill. Let me give you a scripture. This is Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. In your notes it says verse 3, but it's actually verse 13. Christ redeemed us for the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. In this passage of Scripture, the word redeemed is exagorazo It means that we were removed, and that's what I was describing earlier, that we were removed out of the equation, and Jesus was stepping into the equation there as a slave, and that he was beaten the highest commodity in the world began to flow, his blood. No gold, no silver could do what Jesus' blood did. It began to flow. In verse, or chapter, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12 says, And not through the blood of goats and calves, but through his own blood, he entered into the holy place once and for all, having obtained eternal redemption. This word redemption here is lutrosis. This speaks of it being full payment. It speaks of a full and complete payment being made. It was the highest bid for your freedom and my freedom. And Jesus was that price. That blood that was flowing there was that ransom that was paid. So that we would no longer be held captive. I want you to see this morning, Jesus taking your punishment and my punishment, and you and I gaining freedom. Because that's what this ransom did for us. It gave us complete freedom. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, forgiveness of trespasses according to the richness of his grace. The Greek word for redemption there is apolutrosis. The image there is not only are you being delivered, but you're being delivered for freedom, but not only that you're being set free, but you're being given a new identity. You're not being purchased so that you can continue to be a slave, but you're being purchased so that you can become a son. You're no longer a slave, but what Jesus did for us was something that breaks all chains and not that we're to go from one man's chains to another man's chains, but we've been set free. The chains are removed, and there's a new identity that comes for us because of what he did. No longer are you called slave, but now you are called son. Galatians chapter 4 verse 7 says, Therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, an heir through God. Your identity has been changed Not because of what you did, for you could do nothing. You were bound up in chains. You were under the power and the heaviness of sin and destruction. Your life was born this way. But Jesus, because the price was paid, came to break off the power of sin in your own life. No longer would you be held captive as a slave of sin. No longer would you be held captive in the kingdom of darkness. But Jesus came to break those chains that you might walk in the kingdom of light in a complete new identity, an heir of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Jesus, you are His child. We've been set free and given a whole new identity. How many of us as children of God, though, walk enslaved How many of us find ourselves struggling with the old pulling us back in? Well, this is just the way my life is supposed to be. I'm telling you, those chains have been broken. And you are no longer having to walk on those things. What Jesus did for us was a complete work. A whole work. He, He has absolutely saved me, healed me, delivered me. I no longer have to be under the bondage the kingdom of darkness any longer it's a whole work I'm an heir I'm a child of the Lord I'm a son you're a daughter why do you wrestle why do you struggle why do you hold on to the things why do you keep going back when God looks at you he sees you covered under the blood of Jesus The devil does not want you to know this, church. The devil wants to beat you up and continue to tell you that you're that old, sorry, worthless, no good for nothing. But I want to tell you something. God wants to tell you this morning, you're born again, redeemed son of the living God. He's called you to walk in His fullness and to know Him. He set you free. He has set you free. That's the power of the gospel. I'm so grateful to our pastor who says you should preach the gospel every chance you get because it continues to work. It's not just a message for get saved. It's a message to walk and grow in the things of God. For the gospel is powerful. It sets men free. The gospel changes lives. and What Jesus has done for us is worth dancing about. It's worth shouting about. It's worth proclaiming. It's worth boasting in. It's worth blessing the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me. I will bless your name. For you set me free, Lord. You've healed me. You've delivered me. I'm no longer a slave. It's awesome. In a room this size with this many people, there are people here that don't know Jesus as Savior. There are people that have never surrendered their hearts unto the Lord and said, God, I call upon you. I believe in what Jesus did on the cross. And I receive you as my Savior. I would say to you this morning, do not leave this place without knowing him as Savior. Don't live any longer under the bondage and the slavery of sin. Call upon the name of the Lord, and he will save you. Today is the day of salvation. Call upon his name. Well, i got to get my act together. i got to get cleaned up. I've got to get my act together so when I come to Jesus, it will be for real. <laughs> Don't you know that's why he died on the cross? Don't you know that that's why He came and died on the cross was that He could meet you right where you're at at, in your ugly state? That's why He came. He's the one that cleans you. You don't get your act together. How many of you tried to get your act together in your own strength? It doesn't work. But in Jesus, everything changes. I'm going to ask the praise team to come on back. Because I believe this morning God wants to, to do some things here in this place. What Jesus did on the cross was enough. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord and forget not His benefits. Forget not what He's done for you. This morning... My prayer is that we will be a people that will open our hearts and just begin to bless him and to thank him for his goodness. That we will be a people that will say, you really are worthy, God. You're worthy of my praises. You're worthy of my adoration. And if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as Savior, that you'd call upon his name. Casey got it right. The Lord is in our midst. God is here with us. When God fills a place with his presence, there's no sin too great. (laughs) There's no sickness too great. God God is God. We limit him. We put him in a box. We say it's got to be this way, this way, and this way for it to be God. God. Oh, my dear friends, the word, the word is true. It is true. He really does forgive us of our sins. He really does heal us and deliver us. This morning in this place, there are some of you that are facing some battles. And by divine appointment, you're here. We're going to call upon a living God and ask Him for healing. But I'm not only talking about the physical healing. I'm talking about broken hearts too. Because God cares about all of it. And He wants to touch your heart this morning. Some of you have been so broken hearted because of a relationship. And you've you've been left with your heart wide open. I, I, I know that we say sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. No, that's not true. There's some of us that are so bound up and hurting right now because of things that people have said or, or communicated about us, and we're wounded and we're hurt. It affects the way we relate to everybody. We can't even have normal relationships because we've been so wounded. I'm going to tell you, the Spirit of God can touch one's heart and bring complete healing so that the joy and the life and the love begin to flow once again. Maybe you are facing a physical illness or ailment. You know what? You're in an atmosphere where we believe that Jesus is healer. And what he did is miraculous. And and this could be the very day for a miracle. I want to tell you this. It's no accident that you're here. It's no accident that you're in this service and this is a divine moment for God to work in your heart afresh oh what could he do what could he do yeah but I know I get it but what if He's almighty. Father, this morning in this place, I ask you to meet with us corporately and individually. Lord, I believe that you're working in hearts of people in this room even now. And I believe that there are some that have come to the conclusion that they need you as Savior. Lord, I pray this morning that they would not leave Without calling upon your name. God, you'd set the captive free. You'd release healing, miracles. God, you'd begin to move in lives and touch hearts. And Lord, where there's brokenness, with a broken heart, with a broken heart, God, I pray, Lord, for healing. Lord, for that one that that has been so dragged over the coals of life. Lord, today is a day of restoration, and I thank you for that. I thank you that you are almighty, all-powerful. You never changed. We look to you this morning and surrender this time to you. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.